Her name is Leslie Lindsay Davis, author of You Can't Eat Love. She's a living example of how learning to love yourself can change your relationship with yourself. And for example, food, which is also the topic of her best-selling book. She's passionate about helping others to take back their power. And in this episode, we talk about how important it is to learn how to listen to ourselves. And Leslie is giving away her best tips on how to do just that. You can find all her work on youcantealove.com. Are you ready to meet Leslie? Let's go. Today's episode is sponsored by the book, Wisdom Beyond What You Know. Your ideal life is one right turn away, right here and right now with me, Arika Sullivan and New Light Living. See your life in a new light. In this show, I'm bringing real world tools to show you how to ignite the light within you and restore your balance to who you truly are. That busy, exhausted feeling isn't anyone's true purpose. Get back to the heart of your real self. Begin to live in your ideal dream day every day. Learn how to stop giving your energy away. Trust your intuition and chill out your ego and learn how to find your calm. The journey begins now. Come and step into the light. New light living with intuitive spiritual life coach Orika Sullivan starts right now. Welcome. Welcome to New Light Living Podcast. And today I have a beautiful, wonderful guest. Welcome, Leslie. Ulrika, I am so excited that I get to talk to you. Um, I was reading your book and I was like, I kept having to put it down because I was busy shouting, yes, yes, this message needs to get out to so many people. So anyway, thank you for writing your book. Oh, you're welcome. And thank you for reading it. I, I appreciate it so much. Today, we're going to, uh, I want to share you and your work with, with my audience here. So welcome to this podcast. And first, we want to get to know you a little bit. And um, so tell us a little bit more about yourself, Leslie, who are you and what do you do? Well, kind of similar to you, um, you know, I got lost in what I tell people that what happened was I was busy sacrificing myself on the altar of everybody else. I was busy sacrificing myself on the altar of my job, my family, you know, everything except for taking care of myself. And it took one of those moments um, that so many people have where I hit kind of rock bottom and I realized I had two choices. I could go one of two ways, and that was continue on where I was going, or I could decide to do something different. And I decided that I wanted to get healthy mentally, physically, and emotionally. And my book, You Can't Eat Love, is really part of the lessons that the tools, the tricks, the stories that I learned as I went on that journey to become the very best version of myself. Mm, beautiful. And I, I want to show everybody a copy of Leslie's book. It is beautiful, wonderful. And she shares uh, a lot about her own story in here. And, and I'm sure we're going to talk more about what you have in here, but I want to show everybody You Can't Eat Love by Leslie Lindsay Davis. So go get that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, 
And if we uh, talk about the topic of um, taking back your power, and, and as you say, often in some cases, we hit that rock bottom and we get a choice whether we are going to, what we're gonna do basically with that. Uh, and in your case, you chose to take back your power. How do you feel, Leslie, it's important in, in these times that we're living in now to take back our power? Well, I think that right now more than ever, it is so important to realize where you've given your power away. Um, <clears throat> because we, we have over the last two years, you know, we've had governmental agencies and medical agencies making decisions for us where, you know, we're not consulted. We are not really um, informed, deeply informed. And so we become, or at least I started feeling as if I was more and more powerless. Um, and one of the things that I talk about in the book is I can only control me I can't control anybody else. Uh, so I feel as if we can focus on that. And when I started refocusing on the fact that I can only do something about me, everybody else has to do something about them. Then I started feeling as if I did have choices, as if you know I did have options and no longer were these big nebulous, no name, no face agencies making decisions for me. But the other thing is um, I started being able to be um, more forgiving of choices and comments that people would be making because you know, that wasn't on me. And the other part of that is, uh, and I, I talk about this in the book, no one can make you anything except reservations for dinner. We often say so-and-so made me mad, so-and-so made me sad or you made me whatever. No, those are choices. And as long as I keep focusing on making choices and not making a choice is a choice. People need to understand that. But as long as I kept focusing on making my choices for myself, I felt more and more empowered to be in control of my life. Yes, what you're bringing up here, Leslie, is such a discovery for many that, that there is this feeling of, I have a choice that I can make, it, no matter what the external environment actually is, is presenting to me. That, that's a, a, it's a profound insight. And, and when we feel, as you say also, that we, when we feel that we actually can act on that, and, and believe that we have a choice, no matter what the external world is showing us, that's, that's empowerment, yeah. So uh, as you say, it's very important to kind of reflect on that that choice is always available to us, even if it, right. in the past years here, we may not have felt that there is a choice, but in your message here, and, and which is really truly wisdom in itself, is that we always have a choice. Yeah, uh, we, we have a choice as to how we react. We have a choice as to how we act. And if we can uh, keep reminding ourselves, you know, what is our mission? What is our message? And that's something that I, I tell myself all the time, you know, 
what does this really mean to you? How deeply are you really involved or how deeply are you, you know, wound up in this whole thing? And then why are you wound up in it? Is it because everybody else is wound up in it? And most of my um, discovery, what it helped me do is it helped me as I gained control and as I, I started taking back my own power, the thing that really started happening is what I call my drug of choice, which is food, started releasing its power over me because I stopped denying what my real feelings were. And I started having honest, open conversations with myself. And so I stopped sacrificing myself on the altar of everybody else and started taking care of myself. And that was incredibly empowering because then I started looking at my choices and my options. Okay, how is this serving me right now? Mm, yes. And that shift from feeling like the victim that things happen to us to being that empowered, okay, I am making the critical decisions I have to acknowledge my feeling and what that I truly believe. Yes. So what was your, I know you're sharing uh, uh, about that in the book too, but what was your turning point? If you, if you uh, share with us a little bit more about your story and your journey and how you got to where you are now uh, so that, uh, yeah, if you can do that a little bit. Well, as I mentioned, I hit a rock bottom point and, and that point was uh, that my oldest son and his wife decided they didn't want to have me in their life. And it sent me into a what I call a wash, rinse, repeat cycle uh, because they were about to have their first child, which would be my first grandchild. And my own mother had died two weeks before my son, this very child, had was born. Um, and I never grieved her loss. Okay, I never grieved that death. Um, and one of the reasons that I never grieved it is I didn't know how to. And what I discovered on the journey um, was if we, if we are not taught how to deal with the emotions, if we're not taught how to cope, um, if we're not given the toolkit in order to process life, well, then life is going to come out sideways. And what I, as I said, I hit that point and I decided that, you know, I believe that eventually my son would be back in part of my life. And we are currently, you know, working to restore the relationships. So it does happen. It's been almost seven years, but it does happen. Um, I wanted to be a better version of myself. I wanted to be the best version of myself that I could be. And so I decided I was going to get healthy mentally, physically, and emotionally. And the truth of the matter is the mental emotional part was the hardest work. I thought it was going to be the easiest work. I thought the physical part was going to be the hard part because I ended up losing almost a hundred pounds. Um, but honestly, in order to be able to shed the weight, I had to deal with the emotions. I had to deal with the thoughts. I had to deal with, um, you know, what some people call those automatic negative thoughts. I had to deal with the soundtracks that were running in my head, the voices that I had allowed um, to camp out inside my head. Um, I had to deal with all that. And then I had to, uh, what I realized also 
was what I thought I was missing from the outside, I had. And the only thing that I was missing was what I ended up calling a myself-sized hole in my heart. I didn't love myself. And so part of the journey was learning to love myself. And that was actually where the real power came in. And learning to love myself meant also establishing boundaries. What I will allow in, what I will not allow in, how I will speak to myself and taking back my power, no longer being that victim. Mm. And it's so important what you bring up here. And one thing that I that really stands out in what you said was once you were integrating uh, emotional, your emotional body with your physical body, with your mental body, like when all of that started to align, that's when the transformation is happening. And, and I think what you're bringing up here is also, it's very, very often we think about if I just fix this one thing, everything is going to be fine. But this is a, a um, you know, integrated transformation that we often right. uh, start in one end and then we, we kind of <laughs> realize, oh my gosh, <laughs> it's like everything in my life here is coming to up, up to the surface. Yes. So well, it, it's like when you decide that you're going to paint a room. Okay. So you start off and you're just going to paint a little bit in that room. And then you start looking around and you go, wait a minute. Now I got to paint the doors. Now I got to paint the trim. Oh, this room looks so nice. So now I got to go do something else. And it became what I like to call, there's a book, uh, which I just love because it, this is what it became. If you give a mouse a cookie, which is very much circular logic. If you do this, well, then this is going to become apparent. And if you do that, then, you know, the next thing becomes apparent. And that's really what happened. And as I said, I thought the physical piece was going to be the hard piece. The physical piece ended up being the easier piece. I'm not saying that it was easy. It was simply easier because when we start doing that internal work, that's when we have to stop lying to ourselves. Yes, so much truth in that, Leslie. So, and if we, if you look back to on your journey now, what has been the best thing that has come out of that transformation of yours? Um, the best thing that's come out of it is I have learned how to speak up for myself. And I have learned how to own my emotions. And I have also learned that uh, I, can, I can express I'm feeling sad right now. I'm feeling mad right now. I'm feeling angry right now. And if someone tries to tell me you shouldn't feel that way, I can acknowledge their comment and say, you know, you, you don't get a vote in how I feel. Uh, this is my honest feeling. And um, I now am able to stand in my emotions. And more importantly, I'm able to sit and allow them to be. Whereas before I would run from them because mm -hmm. I didn't know how to cope with them. Yes, it's a, it sounds like it's a beautiful acceptance of who you are and, and uh, more as a, a full whole being with the good, the bad, the feelings like we all have. 
but to yeah. kind of uh, love yourself in that. And that's, that's really, yes, that's what we all are working on, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you know, so many times, um, you know, we tell small children, you shouldn't feel that way. They fall down, they get hurt and they say, oh, you're not hurt. Well, what that does is it sets off a cognitive dissonance. I, I feel pain. You're telling me I'm not hurt. Wait a minute, what's going on? So then we start lying to ourselves. And I tell people sometimes, let's pretend you're wearing a cream colored sweater, but I start telling you it's really pink. And you say, no, it's cream colored. And I keep insisting it's pink. Well, then, you know, two or three other people tell you it's pink. So you go out into the world and you say, what do you think of my pink sweater? And people look at you like you're crazy. It's cream colored. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you believed what you knew to be true, but enough people convinced you that it wasn't the truth. And then you get out there. So then you're like, wait a minute. Now I don't know what's true. I don't know. Is it cream? Is it pink? You know, what, what is it? Yeah. And, and that's how we get standard. with our emotions. Right. And if, if, especially if the, the norm or if you will, is blue, right. Or right. red or, or uh, orange right. sweater. Right. It's like, right. I'm, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, what, the point that you're bringing up here is so important to be able to um, accept, forgive ourselves and, uh, acknowledge us for the unique being we are and love all parts of ourselves in that way. And because yeah, because we were created to be who we are. Yes, in, in our full uniqueness and appreciate that uh, for sure. And in your work, uh, and I'm sure you see this, there is an increased interest in starting to taking back our power. Mm -hmm. um, why do you think that is that increase of interest or curiosity around like, how do I do that? I, I think because people didn't believe it was possible, um, especially females in, in the society. You know, we we are taught, um, yes, you know, all the great empowering and equality and all that stuff. Yes, that does exist. It is real. However, the societal norm is that especially as females, you know, we are to put ourselves second. We are to, uh, you know, set our needs, wants, yearnings, desires, whatever for everybody else so that we can take care of everybody else. And our innate nature is to care. But the one person that we rarely care for first is ourself. So as we begin um, what I'm discovering, especially, you know, for myself and other people, um, as I'm discovering that when people recognize they can take care of themselves first and still take care of everybody else. However, you take care of everybody else much better because you have something to give because you've taken care of yourself. And where this really came to, um, I talk in a lot of stories and, the story that I tell people is, you know, you get on the airplane and they give you their safety spiel. And part of it is put your own oxygen mask on first. And I'd usually ignore it and all that kind of stuff. Well, one day I came across a video and it said, you have about 30 seconds. Okay, so let's think about this and apply it to your own life. You're on that plane, it loses pressure, the oxygen mask drop. You're busy putting the oxygen mask on other people 
and you run out of oxygen. You're going to be laid out in the aisle. The plane is going to land. And then all those people are going to get off and they're going to step over you and say, well, there's that nice person that helped me. And they may think about you on occasion, but where are you going to be? So put your own oxygen mask on first and then help everybody else. Mm. Yes. And it, there's so much truth in that. Uh, and that and also the belief that we think we're going to lose something by tending to ourselves first and that's uh, you know all in all is that there is enough for everyone and uh, we have to tend to ourselves first uh, because otherwise <laughs> we're going to be the one that lies on the floor and and uh, you know not not there anymore now, uh, I, I feel that you have so much experience, personal experience in this types of, type of transformation that is truly available to every one of us once we start to get curious, asking ourselves those questions. And so in your experience, what are some of the most powerful tools or practices that has been working for you uh, through your, your own transformation? The, the thing that has helped me the most is um, pen and paper and having conversations with myself. And the reason that I recommend people get pen and paper is oftentimes when we start trying to have those conversations in our head, they become a hamster on a wheel and they just run and run and run and they don't go anywhere. And I'm on a you know, one-person mission. I want to fire all the hamsters in our heads, get them off the wheels, send them back to the pet market, you know, put the pet market out of business because they've got so many hamsters. But I discovered that if I will have a written conversation with myself and I'm honest with myself, I can get those things out of my head. I can be kind to myself. I can explore why I'm feeling or thinking that way. And oftentimes, I'll be really, really honest, I rarely read anything that I have written. It just exists. And I do not journal. Don't tell me that I journal. I just write in notebooks. And I've got a lot of stacks of notebooks with a lot of writing in them, but it's not journaling. Um, <laughs> just because <laughs> I swore that I would never be one of those people who journal. So that's why <laughs> they're notebooks with words. But uh, for me, that was the, the biggest point because let's, let's be realistic. Most of us simply want to be heard. We want someone to hear what we are saying. We don't want to be listened to. We want to be heard. We want someone to hear the words that we are saying. We want someone to empathize with our feelings and our thoughts. We want someone to help us explore them not to tell us that we shouldn't feel X, Y, Z, or you know, you're crazy or diminish it or whatever. So what I discovered is my very best friend in the whole wide world, and that's me. I am always with me. I am willing to listen to me because remember, I thought that I had everything or I didn't have anything. And what I really didn't have was uh, my self-love. So by creating this relationship, with someone who is always available, never judging, 
I'm able to feel stronger, more creative, and I'm no longer looking outside of myself because I've got everything inside of myself. And I tell people, you are enough. You are enough. You're not broken. There's nothing wrong with you. You've got everything you need. You just simply need some help discovering it. Yes, yes. That pen and paper, that it's so powerful because what, what you're describing here so beautifully is once we, we start to have that conversation with ourselves, we can learn a lot about ourselves <laughs> and that we have never really tapped into because there, there are so many layers to each one of us. It's not just like a, a one way thing, right? To be a human. It's, there's so much to discover about ourselves, but many of us have many years been just out there trying to look for the answers, right? <laughs> and, yeah, and, and it didn't it didn't take that long. But then um, I have to laugh at myself because about a month or so ago, I was struggling with something, and I was um, really angry with somebody, and I was having some not so nice thoughts, and I was writing about it, and I stopped myself and I said, "Well, I can't say that." And uh, my BFF in my head says, "Wait a minute, you can't lie." This is how you feel. These are the thoughts that you're having. So who are you really lying to? And, and that's the other thing that I love about you know, this discovery about my very best friend in the whole wide world. I can't lie to them. Right. I don't need <laughs> to lie to my very best friend in the whole wide world. I don't need to be... Um, you know, socially, morally, whatever, acceptable. I can simply be who I am. And if I'm having unkind thoughts towards somebody, that's okay. Those are yes. the thoughts that I'm having at that moment. Does it mean I'm going to act on them? No, but those are my thoughts. And I, my BFF acknowledges them and that's okay. Yes. And the good news it, is that now you know, you can catch that. <laughs> right. Say, hey, I, I can, you yeah. can hold yourself accountable, which, which exactly. is, it's the beautiful part of it. Because when we, when we're not asking ourselves those questions, we can, we can easily sneak around by having a conversation with somebody that validates that um, untruth about ourselves. And we believe it. Okay. It's fine to <laughs> have this thought, but when we're with ourselves, uh uh there's no there's no walking exactly. around with an exactly. illusion somewhere yeah no no and, and there's no judgment that's the other thing that i love is there is no judgment yes yeah and the the things that i've been able to untangle in my head and i've found this to be true for other people you know the things that we can untangle in our head are just incredible Yes, uh, because so many times part of, you know, increasing our self-love is rewriting the tapes that we have in our head. Right. And the best way to do that is to have those honest, open conversations. Beautiful. So if someone is viewing or listening today here right now and wants to start this process of or feel the, the call to kind of how do I have how can I take my power back? And in addition to, to getting your book and to get a pen and paper down, what would you say would be your top three tips for someone who's really resonating with what has been said here in, in, in this conversation today? 
Um, well, the first thing that I would say is actually the pen and paper, have that conversation with yourself, start having those conversations and be honest. But before you do that, if you're looking to make um, a major or even a minor change in your life, again, grab your pen and paper and write down what it is that you envision your life looking like a year from now and have it not be about anybody else, your weight or your job or anything like that. But, you know, what do you envision your life looking back, looking like in about a year and be honest with yourself, what you envision it, and then put that someplace where you can find it. The second thing that I would suggest, which again involves pen and paper, is I would get, go to the next time you're at the grocery store, um, look in the card section, find a card that you really like, buy it, go home, find your favorite pen, and then sit down and write a letter to yourself from your very best friend in the whole wide world, telling you how proud they are of you, how much they love you, how amazing you are, what an incredible person you are. Put it in an envelope, seal it, and then put it someplace where you can find it. Don't do what I do half the time, which is put it in a safe place and I can't remember. <laughs> but put it someplace where you can find it. And then on one of those days when you're feeling not so certain, get that letter, get that card out and read it and really listen to what your very best friend in the whole wide world is telling you. And then the third thing that I would suggest is list five things that you're grateful for. And on those days when you're struggling, list three to five things that you're grateful for. Beautiful. Yes, yeah, such and powerful can, tools. They, and, and what you're bringing up here is something that we may think to do. Some people have, you know, know about gratitude, uh, writing nice things about yourself. What, what Leslie's talking about here is actually doing it and feeling into it, believing it, not just the, the nice thought of, oh, it's going to change my world or change my life if I do it. It's actually to do it and take it seriously, right? That's what you're saying. Yeah, yeah actually do it because it is so powerful. When, when we start, when, when I discovered my very best friend in the whole wide world, it was really life-changing. Yeah. It, it was really life-changing um, because then I'm never alone. And those times when I start doubting myself, my very best friend in the whole wide world pops up and says, why are you doubting yourself? Even when I was writing the book, I was like, nobody's going to want to read this. Who, you know, who do I think I am? You know, all that stuff. And my very best friend in the whole wide world said, stop. There's another you out there. The you that's out there needs to hear these words. And, and so I kept, kept going and, um, you know, people ask, how did you do this? I did this one day at a time, one moment at a time. I, I, I actually do, I live the words that I speak. Yeah. Such wisdom there, Leslie. And, you know, your book is here. Everyone get a copy because there's so much wisdom in it. And, where can we connect with you uh, if, if we want to learn more about your work, yourself, and, and your book? 
The easiest place to find me is my website and everything is connected from there. And the website is youcan'teatlove.com. Um, the books are all there. You can see my story before and after pictures. Uh, and if you want to have a conversation with me, there's even, you can even, you know, send me an email from the website. And I would love to hear from people. I talk to people all the time. I had somebody say when I responded, you're a real person. Yes, I'm a real person. <laughs> yes, and I will <laughs> answer you. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you for sharing your wisdom, Leslie, with us. And I, I, before we wrap up this episode, I want to leave everyone with a little nugget of wisdom from you. And that would be, Leslie, what do you live by? I live by understanding that I am enough just as I am. There's nothing wrong with me. I am not broken. I don't need anybody else's approval. I am sufficient just as I am. And as long as I remember that, I can keep moving forward. I'm in control of me and everybody else has to do them. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And New Light Living is on its way for more episodes coming up soon. Thank you for listening. Thank you for viewing today. Have a great day and see you soon. Get your copy today, Wisdom Beyond What You Know, How to Shift from Being Driven by the Mind to Living from the Heart and Intuition by bestselling author Ulrika Sullivan. Visit wisdombeyondbook.com. Thank you for listening to New Light Living with me, Ulrika Sullivan. When you see your life in a new light, your world looks different. Worry, fear, and the everyday go, go, go are no match for you in this bright new light. Join me next time as I lay out the practices and tools for you to liberate your amazing self into living your ideal dream day. You can start now to take the guesswork out of getting to know yourself again and expand into your essence to feel present, alive, inspired, and connected. Keep listening, keep learning. Imagine no more wishing for your dream life. You get to start living it today. For more information, please visit newlightliving.com. Thank you.